This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh my gosh, it's 2017. Welcome back, Doug. Thanks for doing this again. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for blackmailing Grant and hiring us back. Uh, it worked out. It worked out swimmingly. He didn't even see it coming. He didn't know I knew what he did. And and here we are. Uh, we are doing another season of this Croncast. And we thank you for listening. Um, also, all of our blackmail for all of our listeners totally worked. Um, <laughs> but it is it is a new year. And uh, a reason to be optimistic is the Giants have a very good core of players and Last year didn't end so hot, but really, I mean, we've had some time to get away from it, right? I mean, they they were brought, they were done in by, basically, all the signs were there. This was right in in retrospect. <laughs> now it's funny, yeah. like it's it's exactly how it should have ended. It's funny that we didn't see it coming. That it actually they, that a bullpen collapse, not even that bad of a bullpen collapse by twenty seventeen by twenty sixteen Giants standards. Just a, just blowing a three run lead in the ninth did that all the time. And they came, probably because that Orioles that game. They actually, that, you know, they actually came back. Like, you know, they had the games where they came back in the playoffs and yeah, they'd do that. And and anyway, last year is over, and let's do what the Giants would do, and that's turn the damn page. Um, so uh, later in the show, we're going to have a really cool uh, spring training uh, minor league camp preview or how to guide how to find the the cool like basically the gem of spring training if you want to get to know the entire giants organization during spring training when the barriers to access are are lower it's cheaper and they're just closer to the action uh kdl from the site she's got a a cool uh how-to guide so you want to you want to listen to that i'm not going to tell you when it starts so you skip over to that because doug and i have some good stuff right now so, I mean, Doug. Let's. By, by the way, I know her. Just yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I know. You her. can get that. In, you can skip to that information at any time. So, yeah. Uh, but I mean, we've got to go through this list of of amazing things uh, that the Giants experienced in this offseason. I mean, Jimmy Rollins. <laughs> Let us not forget about Jimmy Rollins. He he's a thing. He's he's he got signed to a minor league deal. He'll probably make the team. I don't know. Area Adrianza was waived and then waived again and then waived again. And I don't even know where he is now. I think it's Minnesota, maybe, finally. Uh, Nick Hunley, Nick, the Giants, uh, Josh Johnson, they signed him and then he retired. Like, he didn't want to play for them after they signed him. He was like, you know what? It's not worth the exercise and dealing with this. I'm, I'm done. 
So Josh and Johnson getting injured again. and getting injured again because that was he probably got injured signing the deal. Let's right. not discount I mean, that possibility. Two and a half, two and a half months just like trying to fix him <laughs> from signing the deal, and in the end they're like, "Look, we just we can't do it." The doctors and were like, "I exasperation hurt himself again." The doctors so. couldn't believe that someone would sign hurt themselves using a pen signing something. They just and wouldn't. One but it. Jeremy Affelt. That's right. That's right. And then perhaps the biggest transaction of the offseason, really the main one that the Giants focused on. They put all their eggs in the Mark Melanson basket, which which they should have done eight months ago. And they, they had <laughs> chose not to. So they're doing it now. <laughs> and uh, and so now the Giants have a bona fide closer. <laughs> that was me knocking on wood because who knows? Uh, and and apparently that's supposed to fix everything, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that more later. But uh, other moves: Javier Lopez, he gone, he is retired, he is uh, he is no longer with us in baseball. Uh, but actually, no, he's coming back to broadcast, uh, which I would have preferred the next guy had done. Sergio Romo has decided to move over to the Dodgers, and he's going to be a reliever who is definitely going to get some key outs against the Giants. In, in the next six months, and that's frustrating. And then there's Santiago Casilla, who's now an A, uh, an athletic, and, and now he's got to pay for soda. And uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't know if I wish him well. I mean, I wish him well in life, but as a baseball player, I kind of feel like he's kind of done, but we'll see. Uh, he certainly has all the numbers that you'd look for. Anyway, what am I forgetting, Doug? The Giants are still uh... a team, right, in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I mean the, the yeah, only right. the only transactions you're forgetting the 700 other utility infielders they yeah, signed, that's right. Aaron, you know Aaron Hill, Hill and Gordon <laughs> Beckham and what's his face and Jay Young Wong, Jay Wong. I am forgetting about Wong. That is true. I totally forgot. But to, so you could bring him up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, the Giants signed the, the Giants signed a guy who they then who felt cultural pressure to stop being himself which is not the Giants' way, as we discussed with Roger. The Giants would rather a guy be themselves, but bat flips. Uh, well, Wong, to, to be fair, he felt that cultural pressure last year when he was planning to come over. That's he, right. he stopped flipping his bats all last year. So that was not the Giants <laughs> telling him he had to do it. No, they just, might have. We don't know. It was funny how you said that. He stopped flipping his bats like it was, some, <laughs> like it was something else. Uh, so Jaigun Wong, I think is it. how you say it. Jaigun Wong. There we go. I apologize for my gringo tongue. It's awful. I admit it. Uh, and so Aaron Hill, I mean, they signed him so that you could write a really good article about why the Giants should not let him make the roster when the season starts. <laughs> that was the main reason why they did that. Uh, yeah, no, they, they really just wanted me to write an article basically bashing Steve Finley, which I'm always happy to do. <laughs> always anyone at any time can get me to do that. It's not hard. So some have presaged that this is a, a, a move to deal Joe Panic, or like a, it's a precursor to dealing Joe Panic, is just racking up all the middle infielders. I would say that the most likely scenario is uh, Eduardo Nunez and Joe Panic and Connor Gillespie are all in the matrix of frequently injured and potentially ineffective that that's the main reason why they went that direction um, was that they decided we're probably going to need to replace, you know, Nunez is either going to have to play left field 
or he's going to get hurt playing third base. So we're going to need a backup there. Uh, Connor Gillespie was good in the playoffs, which, as Bruce Bochy has shown, if you're of a certain age, you only need to be good for like a week, which is how <laughs> Jarrett Parker is still playing. Uh, and so that magic could fizzle away. And so they are you know, preparing to counter that with some of the move. Those are the only things I can make sense of it. I mean, Wong's an exciting player, but of course the, the jeopardy there is will it translate uh, from Korea to, uh, to the U.S.? And always, it, you know, it's not everyone's Jung Ho Gwang, or yeah, Jung Ho Gwang. Uh, it's, it's not always a, a, a smooth transition. Um, so I would say that the Giants, besides ticking you off about the Steve Finley comp, uh, are really just just trying to cover their bases. I mean, because look what it did to them when they didn't do that for the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, I, I mean, I guess the big question is, did they really, is the bullpen really settled in your mind, Doug, right now on March March 5th? Um, I mean, things can be settled and stable and not be good. <laughs> so that's possible. <laughs> Um, I That's right. Like, the plane I mean, is the plane is stably descending. Right. The, I mean, if the plane is just going down yeah. at you know perpendicular to the ground, that's a pretty stable position That's in right. a way. I mean, soon it won't be, but you, you're not moving anywhere. I just had a joke of a of a really bad pilot turning to the co-pilot as the plane's going down, and he kind of smacks him on the shoulder, and he goes, "Hey, this is the smoothest descent I've ever had." <laughs> so, yeah. It's just nosediving. Uh, yeah, I I would say, is Hunter Strickland an answer? Is Derek Law an answer? I definitely don't want to go through another year of, of agonizing over the bullpen. So I'm just going to say, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, to be fair, Strickland and Law both had pretty good years last year. Um, Strickland in basically all situations where he wasn't closing and law in all situations. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the, the flaws in the bullpen were guys who are now gone uh, in terms of the ones who saw a lot of playing time. So for that reason, we can be glad that, you know, they're gone. <laughs> um, you know, we will miss the personality of Javier Lopez, the personality of Sergio Romo. Uh, we will miss having a designated punching bag in Santiago Garcia, but them being gone does improve the bullpen in a lot of ways. On the other hand, the guys who are there are not proven. Uh, Corey Guerin's never pitched a full good season. Uh, there's just lots of uncertainty around them. And so let's just decide that they'll be good. And then I think that'll work. Well, I mean, I would say fans going forward, what we want to see, I would say that the Giants seem like, I mean, it's so ridiculously dumb early that I shouldn't even be saying this. They're at least starting spring training looking not terrible. Last year, <laughs> they really did start terribly. They really looked bad from the start. And so at least there's been some positives sort of right out of the gate with everybody at some point. Uh, I would say bullpen-wise, yeah, I mean, we can just decide that they're going to be good. But, I mean, uh, you know, Will Smith, let's not forget about him. If Josh, Josh Osich gets relegated to essentially a loogie, a power Lukey, which instead of Jeremy Affelt prototype or a follow-up, which he's not going to be, 
And there's some things there. But, yeah, I definitely don't want to talk about the <laughs> The starters need to pitch well, uh, go deep into games. And how about this? This is the this is the untold – this is the thing that hasn't gotten a lot of coverage, but we're pushing it, pushing it, which is to say I'm pushing it, and Doug's just going to be like, he asked me on the show, and I couldn't say no, so I'm just going to go along <laughs> with it. But they need to score more runs, and the offense just needs to be better. That's kind oh. of my big thing. Wow, that is good analysis. <laughs> Guys, you can only get that here on the McCovey Cron. I don't mean they need to score more than the other team, and that's how they'll be good. I'm just saying, you know what helps a bullpen is when they're not dealing with a one-run lead or a one-run deficit all the time. It'd be nice if they were ahead 4-1 to one or 6-1 to one instead of it being 3-2 to two all the time. Um, I would say that's... That will help, and then hopefully that will then inspire Bochi to not play Russian roulette with the bullpen, which, let's face it, that's what he sort of evolved into last season. He tried to carry the postseason, let's just make a change because we need to switch it up. He carried that over to the regular season, I think that in part helped burn them. You pointed out last year, um, you know, he's not giving guys a chance to fail. So how are they going to get over it and adjust to whatever they need, you know, do whatever they need to do? So just surely out of bottoming out last year and not having the same punching bags, they might actually have to do that out of necessity. Uh, and I think the last thing we should say about the bullpen is this. If you say they couldn't be worse than last year, you're wrong. And don't oh, say yeah. that. And don't what the hell is wrong with you for even thinking that? Yeah. First of all, anyone who says it could always, it, it couldn't be worse in baseball as in life, it absolutely can. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's an old George Carlin book uh, bit where he goes, you know, people say it can't get worse anymore. Oh, yeah? Add a headache. <laughs> now it's worse. Uh, so let's talk about that. Let's move down from the head to the neck and talk about Buster Posey's old man neck. <laughs> talk about spring training news. First of all, if you, didn't know, if you don't know what this is, listeners, uh, Buster Posey uh, was scratched for just a couple of games because he had – as he put it, old man neck, which one is definitely not a thing. <laughs> uh, and two is, you know, it's a stupid spring training in injury. So absolutely in no way should I read anything into that other than he slept funny. But you know what? It's early in the offseason. This is our first one back. Let's read into it. <laughs> he's a catcher and he's, he's, catcher. he's 30. Um, and so... He's just going to start having various ailments throughout the year, and we'll probably get you know over an abundance of out of a overabundance of caution. We're going to you know Posey did something funny walking, and now he's not going to play for two games, and <laughs> and those are going to happen more and more. Which you know for the most part, some version of that has happened off and on over the last few years. But uh, as being one of the few actually consistently good hitters on the Giants. It's just going to, when he's not in the lineup, it's going to, it's going to stick out as sore thumb. So I guess my bigger point is the mortality. Ain't it a bummer? Yeah. I mean, we all hoped that Buster Posey wouldn't be mortal, but it's looking like that's <laughs> not going to be the case. <laughs> it is with a heavy heart. I must report that <laughs> time is at it again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, farewell, Buster Posey. I'm sure we'll be having a. I'll be making a lot of uh, rest in peace tweets over the next 
six months. <laughs> anyway, uh, so beyond that, uh, spring training, uh, no other strange injuries yet. Um, I, I guess I'm going to shakily transition into this thing going forward for the, um, for the season. Cause I do want to talk about what our hopes and dreams are for the season. <laughs> but, uh, one thing to keep in mind, folks, if you don't know, Taylor Swift is set to, um, debut a new album this year. And, uh, and as you may or may not know, if you're an obsessive giants fan, Taylor Swift's album album releases have helped the giants win the world series. And she did not release one last year, obviously. So, they lost. The Ringer, um, Bill Simmons' follow-up Grantland site uh, through HBO, pitched that Taylor Swift has forsaken them and, and now because she's releasing um, one in the new year. But Doug, doesn't that actually disprove that? She's releasing one this year, which means the year, even or odd, has nothing to do with it. So doesn't it mean the Giants are, are in a great position? I mean, it would seem like it. Let's not... Let's not dance around this. It could be that Taylor Swift just hated the narrative of even year magic. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's so she had to kill it. Yeah. She had to kill it. It was her moral duty. <laughs> and so she she's going to, in theory, um, if, if this has any power, which, of course, it doesn't. But if it does... <laughs> she's you know going to potentially turn the Giants fortunes around and we're not going to actually have to deal with any of this even year nonsense which we all know is nonsense uh, the Giants had a good team last year and they underperformed in, a, in many areas um, and, and unlike 2014 they couldn't quite pull themselves out of the tailspin in time but um, I don't think is this I'm going to start the offseason very positively, Doug. This is what my big thing. I think the Giants are going to do well this year. And that, yeah, it, me too. I'm saying it has nothing to do with Taylor Swift, but also potentially everything to do with Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. Uh, it's it's you know if they win the World Series this year, though, it's going to be Taylor Swift magic, and sure. we all are going to have and to I'm, deal with that. I'm fine with that. It's fine. I mean, yeah. I don't particularly have any feelings one way. Or the other about her, but as long as the Giants win the World Series, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. If the Giants lose the World Series, on the other hand, I'll have a problem. It's sort of my 49ers rule. Just don't <laughs> lose the... Don't get there. I'd rather that than you lose the, the, the last series. Um, <laughs> uh, also, but I mean, also, you know, I think, I think it's okay to get there if you don't lose heartbreakingly. Like the, the 89 loss, it's only bad because it was to the A's. Well, you know, as a loss, as a series loss, whatever. It, it was a mind-numbing four-game blowout, so that's that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know, two, 2002, obviously, was more painful. But 2002 was terrible, know. yeah. If you're going to lose, get swept. Or, you know, to... lose in five, actually. Win one game. Show up a little bit. Be but the Rangers in, in be 2010? The Rangers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you're optimistic, then, about the yeah, season, I think too. Yeah, so. I think they'll be a good team. They seem like they have all the pieces, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Panic, uh, he's going to spray line drives all over the place. Look out for that phrase a little bit later. <laughs> That's very important. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess if we're going to talk about what potential negatives there are, I mean, um, 
you know, there's the. I don't want to focus on the negatives too much. I, I mean, there's a lot to yeah. think about. I mean, I go, I go down the lineup real quick. You know, Span is turning into dust. That's a problem for sure. But uh, Joe Panic or whoever hit second, reason for, or Joe Panic specifically, reason for optimism there. P- potentially, he is getting back on track or is adjusting back. I mean, he had a lot of injuries last year. It messes with your timing. It messes with the flow. I totally get it, man. <laughs> uh, Buster <laughs> Posey, we already talked about. He's he, you know, he's gone. Uh, Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt had his most consistent season last year, and if that's a ceiling, great. That's fine. I mean, I would say that that probably is a ceiling, in which case, great. That's fine. I would say Hunter Pence. Uh, I would... Uh, Grant recently posted a, a uh, site projection, what he thinks Hunter Pence is going to do this season, and I'm not nearly as bullish about him this year. What do you think? Where do you land on Hunter Pence? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not super optimistic. It seems like when players who play all out like him, when they start getting hurt in their 30s, they don't stop getting hurt. And he shaved and he cut his hair. And well, he, that I appreciated. Really? Because now he just he just looks so basic. He doesn't, though. He can't. He's not capable of it. It makes him look weirder because he can't hide it behind all the hair. So now because, he's you know, full... if he looks weird with if he looks weird with hair, you're like, man, he just got some weird hair. If he looks weird without the hair, you're like, oh, oh, there's something off about him. That's that's much better. That's a much better look for him. So I appreciate defi- it a lot more. He's definitely Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. He's definitely an alien wearing a human skin suit. Yeah, now, but exactly. a normal a, attempt at looking normal. Okay, all right. Uh, and then you know this is everybody basically. I, I'm st- I'm actually stopping going down the line at midway through. Everybody's a year older. Brandon Crawford, uh, you know, shortstop is the demanding position. Obviously, offensively, you know, the last two seasons have been really great. Have we seen the best? You know, or the last few seasons have, have, is this the best there's going to be with him? And who cares? I mean, he's still great, but. They are basically if you're counting on everybody coming back like five or ten percent less than what they were, it does have an aggregate aggregate negative effect. Is is Nunez is Vladimir Nunez going to be the answer? The whole Eduardo Vladimir Nunez reliever Eduardo Nunez uh, is he going to be the answer at third base? Uh, is he going to stick? Is he going to be the guy? Um, he he looked okay when he came over. I'm definitely all aboard for in terms of his talents. Can he? keep it together and, and and be sort of that flash, that that burst of energy the Giants need. I think that's one thing that, that the beat reporters have talked about with Phil Nevin and uh, Jose Aguasilo, the uh, new the new base coaches. Oggy. Just, just Alright. In any case, that they are uh, you know, they're shots in the arm. They're they're B twelve boosters for the Giants. Uh, was kind of not not they were basically like a very gray team last year. Very, very concrete, corporate, and sort of boring in a lot of ways. And I think everyone, all the all the players who are losing their skill set, it was anxiety and tension without any sort of diffusion. There, there weren't any real characters, and guys like Pence were hurt uh, for a lot of the season. And so that that a lot, so a lot of a confluence of events made it tricky for them to sort of uh, be loose. Um, so will will you have? Uh, Guys who are spark plugs and new coaches sort of change the energy as well. Uh, you know, the series finale of Johnny Cueto as a as a giant because he's definitely going to opt out of his contract. So it's going to be fun to watch him pitch. What are we going to get out of him? 
Um, you know, I'm sure the Giants are just going to be like, you know what, let's just ride the prime, <laughs> ride the contract year <laughs> as much as we can. Um, and then, uh, you know, all the other pitchers, you just have to. They're ca- the Giants are counting on on most of the starters to do what they've done in the past. Bumgarner, of course, Smarja, uh, but then uh, and Matt Moore. And then, obviously, the big question is, is this Matt Cain? Is this it for Matt Cain? Are they going to cut him this year? If if he's Matt Cain of the last, th- gosh, four years, 13, 14, yeah. 15, 16. I mean, if, that, if it's the fifth year of that, do you even make it through? Does he even make it through May? I would, I mean, I would say that they would fake DL him. They would, fit, they would be like, oh, you, you're, you woke up with a, a sore knee this morning. Oh, that's that's like at least a month. <laughs> and you know, then they they send him down to AAA. He makes a couple of rehab starts. They bring him up, maybe. Um, but he gets shelled by yeah. the Padres, and then he's done. <laughs> it seems like they're trying to see what they have with him in spring training, which is a stupid thing to say. That's literally what spring training is for. I have a lot of regrets about the way the sentence is going. But, you know, they're putting him and Ty Block in the same game. And they're seeing how that goes. And Ty Block has been outpitching him. So if if Kane keeps pitching badly in spring training and not not showing up on the stat sheet, you know, preventing runs, not showing up in the scouting reports, the game that was on TV last week, he was throwing 86, his fastball. It's early in spring training. He could get more of a fastball, but if he doesn't, uh, a right-handed Barry Zito without the curveball is maybe not going to make this roster. So the Giants will figure something out. Um, I doubt they would outright cut him. They have too much respect for him and what he's done uh, for the team, but they will find a way for him to not be in the rotation. Well, that's a bummer note to go to end there. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, the reasons of for optimism are simply that all the players they have, whether they're 5% less or 10% less or whatever it is, they're all good players for, for, for the most part. That, that is a good roster. Um, I, don't, I don't like where this left field battle is going. I mean, the Giants, <laughs> the Giants are so weird because, first of all, they're a terrible— they are terrible poker players, at least now, in terms of what they're going to do with their roster. They used to be really good at like what they're going to do to improve their roster. They're really good poker players. Now Bobby Evans is just sort of like, I'm going to try to make it better. I'm going to go get the, the, be- the better players. Whereas before, Brian Sabian was like, well, we're going to get rid of this good player and put seven bad ones on there. But what you don't know is four of them are actually really good now. Like that... That's what the Giants used to be. Now they're they're just like, hey, we have a hole and this guy can fi- fill it. Um, and then I would say, but now they're not even playing poker with their roster. Now it's just sort of like, oh, uh, it's a battle between Mac Williamson and Jarrett Parker. We hope one of the guys wins the job. And then like literally a week later, it's, well, Mac Williamson has an option. <laughs> and, and that's it. And that's that's the ball game. So... Jarrett Parker, on the basis of hammering Barry Zito and having a really great week, uh, is going to get two years of of there's something here, and I find that annoying because I really think it's let's just put Matt Williamson in there and just let him go crazy, uh, figure it out first, and then go crazy. We're not going to get that right away. 
And so that's a little bummer to start the season. But the fact that the Giants are in that position at all is actually a cause for optimism. Um, I'd, I'd say this. I would I would be surprised if Mac Williamson doesn't make the roster, actually. Like, even if Parker beats him out in spring training. I think um, I think Williamson has a better... I mean, you know, there's it, it could be that Justin Ruggiano makes it. But I feel like Par- Parker Williamson, Gorky's, and Pence and Spanner... As five outfielders is a completely plausible scenario, um, and if that's the case, remember John Bowker was the starter, unquestioned starter in 2010. We're gonna play him against everybody. He's gonna play every day. He didn't start the second day of the season because it was against the lefty. They changed their minds real quick on that kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's it still feels a little different because. Bochi had to sort of be sold on Bowker. He wasn't totally on board. And Parker just seems like he got in that circle somehow of the Bochi anointment. And Mac Williamson feels a little bit more on the Brandon Belt trajectory. And I'm not entirely sure why. And my perception of the situation could be totally wrong, even though it is rare I'm totally wrong. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) But in any case, uh, you know, they're, they're in a tough division. But they are near the top of that division. It's gonna, you know, the Dodgers are for the next, probably for the rest of our lives. Doug, the Dodgers are always gonna be on paper ten games better than the Giants, and the Giants are just gonna have to grin and bear it and do what they always do, which is shoot for eighty-five and then get lucky. <laughs> and that's, I see no evidence that that plan has changed at all, um, and that's fine. I. Knowing that that's the plane and that the Giants have sort of religiously stuck to that for the almost, gosh, I mean, go back to 2009. I mean, it's been it's been eight years. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> but they really have stuck to their plan. And it's not a terrible one because baseball is so freaking unpredictable, right? You just don't know. Oh, we've got we've got five great starting pitchers. And then baseball is like, great, but you needed ten. to get through the season uh you know it's just it's those sorts of things and the giants seem uh you know and they have the edge at manager and 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 all that and financially they we didn't even talk about this folks we should pop uh some champagne for the stadium debt being paid off do you remember that all the i'm now jumping track here completely (laughs) because this is more important do you remember if you're a giants fan on the internet 15 years ago the stadium debt was like right there in the comments about why aren't the giants signing vladimir guerrero or why aren't they trying to get better and and compete they're san francisco they can get the big free agents and before all the stuff about oh players don't want to play there because it suppresses offense and blah 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 it really was and california's taxes are too high or whatever it is it's oh the stadium debt right (laughs) that was like the big thing was stadium debt and over the last 10 years, the Giants got out, out from under that PR, and now they have paid it off. And uh, I just think it's important for us as longtime internet des- denizens on Giants boards <laughs> to, to, make, to make note that that chapter in history has, has, has ended. Because that was a big one for arguments, for a lot of arguments. <laughs> it is, it, that is over. Uh, the, the Giants, the debt had gone down a lot in recent years, too, which... It's probably not a coincidence that the payroll has also gone up. 
Yes. Uh, but if you looked at the the numbers for the first decade or so, I think Grant had them a while back on the site. It was you know seventy million dollars a year, and the last few years it was about twenty. So they they had really done most of the work already, and now they finished it. But good, now they're finished it. Now they can uh, use that money to, and then if if we were doing writing, what I would do here is I would write invest in the baseball team, and then I would do a strike through through that, and then I would write invest in their development in San Francisco, which is where that money is actually going to go. But eventually they'll use that money to invest in the baseball team, we assume. I think it's pretty funny that the Giants are looking around at Major League Baseball and they're going, you guys are suckers. We're using our money to make money doing something other than baseball. (laughs) (laughs) The the kids don't like baseball. You know what they like? (laughs) Having somewhere to live. That's right. (laughs) Okay, so I feel like we've, we've talked about all that. In good detail. Should we should we just move on? Yeah, I think so. We have a guest, don't we? We we do have a guest. Uh, you you know this guest? I do. We've met a couple of times and we live together. KDL, you have this really cool uh, guide, basically a crash course on if you want to go in and and basically immerse yourself in the minor leagues starting right now. And so, how would a dope like me? go about that (laughs) okay so i'm it's really elementary if you've never been there before but it's really cool so the giants have um a different like kind of in a different setup than other teams so other teams have big complexes where they have their minor league uh camp in the same place as where they play their games but scottsdale stadium is really cool in that it's actually right in downtown which means there isn't room for the minor league complex so the giants minor league complex is at a park called indian school park it's a huge park um, but it uh, also has a gym, volleyball courts, tennis courts. So the citizens of Scottsdale use this park year-round. And the ballpark or the camp is kind of just in on one side of it. So you go in um, on the side where Camelback is the cross street. The, it's on Hayden, but you walk in off Camelback. And the first thing you should do when you get there is go in the office. You can just walk right in and grab a roster. And it will have every guy that's there. It's a really big roster. It's, you know, really small font, front and back, like legal size. There's a lot of guys there. Be aware that um, some of them have the same number as each other. So you may not always be able to tell them apart. A lot of them have their names on their jerseys, but not all of them. So um, the roster can be really helpful. And it has some other information, like their hometown, height, weight. um, And it goes by position. So um, you can look through, you know, catchers, pitchers, and position players. Um, so I, that's always the first thing I do. In fact, some friends of mine have asked me to pick one up for them and send it to them before they come to spring training. So it's like a cool piece of information that you can only get if you go to camp. Um, logistically, just be aware there are restrooms, but there are no amenities. There's no. There might be a drinking fountain, but you can't buy water or food or anything like that. So if you plan on staying for any period of time, make sure you bring food. At the other end of the park, which is walking distance, there's McDonald's and Jack in the Box and a CVS and some other things. So if you need something, you can get it, but don't expect that you can buy it at camp. Um, it's not like going to a ball game. So the, there's a kind of a main viewing area when you walk in just past the office in front of you and to your left, you'll see some bleachers. Um, some are in the shade, some are in the sun. You want to start in the sun because it's cold in the morning, assuming you're there in the morning. And then you'll move to the shade because Scottsdale is hot. I know. Hashtag analysis. 
So um, <laughs> the bleachers are going to fa- they face two fields that are adjacent to each other with sort of a walkway in the middle. Um, the bleachers are risen on a riser, I guess. I'm not sure exactly how to say that, but they're about 15 or so feet higher than the field. And the area where the players walk to the field and everywhere is restricted. You can't get down there. Um, and our clubhouse is off to the right, but they can get there from down below or from where you are. It just kind of depends where they are. Um, and the the fields they actually at some point during the season, not right now, I believe it starts on March 16th. They actually hello balls that you need to think of. There's A and A plus, and they stay together, and then double A AA and triple A stay together. So if A and A plus are at home at Indian School Park, then double A and triple A will be away at whatever team they're all playing against. And so that's how you know, you know, which team you want to watch. And you can pick up a schedule for that also in the office. Um, The fact that someone is assigned to a particular level doesn't necessarily mean that they will stay with that level for the season. Um, It's a good indicator, but guys have moved around, so don't assume that unless it's a really veteran guy. Those guys, you can tell they're going to end up in AAA, and there's a lot of um, those guys running around right now. Um, the If you're there before those games start, there's still scrimmages, inter-club scrimmages, BP. Um, if you walk off to your um, left, there's a little walkway, and there are fields that way as well, and you can watch pitcher fielding practices. Um, it's a lot of lower level guys are over there doing drills, warmups, other things like that. So there's a lot going on and you can basically go wherever you want. So long as you stay out of um, those few restricted areas and there are chains across the walkway so that you know where you're not supposed to go. Um, if you want autographs and a lot of people come like a lot of really obnoxious people come and get autographs that they sell. <laughs> but if you want autographs, you should get there really early, like seven thirty. That's when the players get there. And um, they have to walk past where the fans are, where the bleachers are, in order to get to the clubhouse. Um, During the rest of the day, they can get around without walking near you. So if you want to trap them, um, early morning is the best way. But they're all all really cool. They're really happy to see people there supporting them. Um, And I've had good chats with a lot of the players there. And um, so it's not weird or awkward or anything. There'll be lots of people there getting autographs. Occasionally, you'll see them walking near where the fans are because where they eat, the door where they eat is next to the bleachers that are in the the shade. Uh, Last year, I saw Steve Klein. He came and gave me a hug. And I accidentally said hi to Larry Bear because when I saw him, I just thought he was my friend or I knew him. And I was like, (laughs) hi, Larry. (laughs) Like, like, you know, like your brain just doesn't work right. You just think, oh, I know that person. And he was like, hi, how are you doing? Thanks for being here because Larry Bear gets. That if you are at minor league camp, you are a hardcore fan. He gets that. So I was very appreciative of his kindness to me when I was being such an awkward weirdo. But that's kind of how minor league park is. It's or camp is. It's so casual. It's really cool. You kind of just have your run of the place, and there's a lot of activity going on. Um, the coach's office is right by the bleachers, so they'll be coming in and out. Um, if you happen to run across across Gary Davenport, he is the nicest person alive. Say hi. He'll talk to you. <laughs> and um, you can get lots of good info just by watching prospects, seeing what they're doing. BP is really fun. And one caution, um, a lot of times the parents, players, and other family members are there. 
so be nice when you're making comments about players you don't know who might be hearing you um i think that that's true of life in general now with social media and everything else but um there i've seen some some actual issues with that before so <laughs> that's my final tip okay so keep your mouth shut yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so i mean the it's not even quality baseball i suppose but what should people look for uh, when they're what are what are they doing out there that that people should be more interested in, um, as opposed I mean, to just watching a great game because you're not going to see that. <laughs> right. Well, so once they get to the part where they're playing games, the the games are real. They have umps. Um, it's not just like a scrimmage. It's an actual real game. They're playing against prospects from other teams, so you can actually see some pretty good stuff. You can watch pitchers. Um, see what kind of pitches they're throwing. I mean, you're a little bit far away, but you're, the bleachers are right behind, you know, the, the two home plates. So you can watch that. You can see um, them, you know, running the bases, um, you know, hitting. And it is like an in-game atmosphere. If you're there before the games, yeah, you're going to see a little bit less. Um, BP is really fun. You can get a look at, you know, what guys have some pop off the bat. Um, I do dorky things like I go watch the guys do pitcher fielding practice and it's really interesting to see how the coaches work with them and you're a little bit closer to the action over there and so you can kind of hear what they're saying and you know see what kind of things that they're working on um, and that's true of a lot of it it's just kind of watching them get coached see what they're working on um, you know they do all kinds of drills and other things um, and um you know, it's it, like I said, it's a little bit of work. I mean, you've got to really paying attention. There's tons going on. I mean, you've got two fields and probably, I don't know, 30 coaches or something. So um, it's a little bit of work to actually get a lot out of it. But you can if you if you stay there for a good couple of hours and really pay attention to what's if going you're, on. If you're a real fan, in other words. Is what <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um. I mean, and. Honestly, it's really just kind of fun to be there with all this baseball activity going on. People like Larry Bear walking around. You know, um, they brought the World Series trophies by one time when I was there for all the players to, to see them in their eating area. I mean, there's always something cool happening. Um, and, you know, and I, I know a few of the players, so I've been able to say hi to some guys that I knew from San Jose and stuff. And it's just like a really fun, relaxed atmosphere. Um, I want to say I, I will say this about you know being able to evaluate guys. When we went we went in 2014 to minor league camp, and I remember we watched them take batting practice before whatever game it was. And when Joe Panic took batting practice, he was hitting line drives all over the field. And at that moment, I just absolutely knew he's going to play second base for the World Series <laughs> winning Giants this year. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in that moment you became a spring training baseball writer. <laughs> but i mean you can see things that other people can't um and not all of them are gonna be that interesting like you know sometimes you'll just see a couple prospects warming up and it's fun to watch them and then you're like okay they're just throwing a baseball that's not madison madison Bumgarner does push-ups like i do <laughs> well and every once in a while if somebody's hurt or a little bit rusty they'll actually send a big leaguer to play in those games like that you know the triple a game or whatever and i saw madison Bumgarner pitch in one of those games one time so you honestly just never know who's coming and going and then one day i remember the first time i was there andrew susak and i think it was nick <laughs> noonan were walking out in their uniforms and we were like are you guys going to big league camp today and they were like yeah 
So, <laughs> you know, it, it's just there's just cool stuff happening all the time. So this is tremendous value if you're going to spring training. This is sort of this is the workaround to when spring training gets kind of nutty, right? Or the other stuff. Everyone's focused on the major league teams, I guess. But you yeah. can really make a meal out of out of everything. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of time, you know, when you figure you're going to games maybe for a three hours a day and you've got the whole rest of the day. And then, like, when we're there, there's a Thursday that there are no big league games. So, you know, for me, I would want to spend time there anyway because I love it. But it's also another way to get in a lot of cool baseball that not everyone gets to see. I mean, maybe at most there's 20 people sitting there. It's been more crowded Um it was more crowded last year than it was in 2014, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I think people are recognizing that it's a great value and a way to watch some cool baseball and to see, you know, we saw Joe Panic there. You know, we've seen guys who are now in the bigs um, just wandering around minor league camp years ago. Just so, be um, honest, though. How, to be honest, how long did it take you to realize that was Joe Panic and not Buster Posey? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen, I've been watching Joe Panic since he started his career with the Giants. Well, I guess I didn't go to uh, Salem Kaiser, but I saw him when he started in San Jose. So to me, the clone things, same with Andrew Suzak. I don't even, I don't think they look like him at all. But that's because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> also, when you walk, <laughs> when you walk by them, your wounds are not healed, and you're, you know, <laughs> right. like with Buster Posey. Uh, right. Well, that's exactly. so. What what led you to? sort of investigate this or or figure this out or or just really get interested enough into it where now you can dispense basically a, a how-to guide a really efficient way of doing it yeah i mean i think i started going to san jose games late in 2009 like i saw brandon crawford play in san jose i mean I, you know i missed Buster the most hipster them. baseball comment you could possibly make <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right there <laughs> I have pictures of him with short hair and, and no beard. Um, but um, I I got, you know, I just loved it. I It's different. It's a different world. You're much closer to the action, you know, literally and figuratively. I mean, you get to know the players a lot. I, so I was a season ticket holder in San Jose for a little while. Uh, it's two and a half hours away, so I <laughs> wasn't able to keep that up. But um, I think that's kind of where I got started, um, you know, and a friend of mine had gone to, to spring training with her parents, and she had figured out that the minor league camp existed after we were really into, you know, minor league play. And she went, and then the next year I went down and I went with her, and she kind of showed me the ropes. And I'm sure all of you know Roger, who writes for McCovey Chronicles as well. Um, he's been a real good source of – really good source of information for me um, about, you know, how to get the most out of it and what to learn. He spends a lot of time, um, you know, doing his prospecting at minor league camp when he's there too. And so those were two people that I think got me started. And then I've been, I think, four, three, three times, four times, three times. And I just go and hang out there. And it's probably my favorite part of spring training because, like you say – the games at Scottsdale Stadium since after 2010, it's been total insanity. It's like going to AT&T. It's packed. The players are somewhat off limits. It's just a totally different atmosphere. And so I think minor league camp kind of gives me that same feeling I like from going to minor league games. All right. So if you want the, the basically the indie spring training baseball experience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you give all this. It's very hipster uh, stuff. 
<laughs> well, you said only you about 20 you, people you are there. Brian, Brian Reynolds when he was playing the clubs. <laughs> uh, so, okay, uh, can people bother you about this online if they have more questions, or is this this is it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I, I love talking about it. I'll talk about it all day. I like learning stuff from other people that go. So, yeah, hit me up. Okay, uh, she is at Legal Eagle 88 on Twitter, right? It's 88. That's when you were born. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, mm-hmm. It definitely uh, wasn't 11 <laughs> years before that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you very much to uh, McCovey Chronicles' uh, most, in, most informative poster. Uh, what was that, 2011, <laughs> 20, 2012? <laughs> 20, 2013, maybe? 2013, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is not an easy award to come by because everyone else on the site is a know-it-all. Uh, and so you you actually have information that even the know-it-alls had to basically <laughs> be like, you know what, uh, I just pretend or go to a website. She actually goes to the games. So, <laughs> actually uh, go to the games. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I, 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 there's a lot of things I know that I don't tell. So be oh. with me, and maybe you'll learn some inside, more even more inside baseball stuff. Or follow your path, and then they <laughs> too can know stuff that other people don't know. Exactly. Uh, well, thanks, well thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for ha- being on, KDL, and uh, see you around this season. Hopefully the Giants <laughs> do well. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. What a transition to this week's Twitter questions. Yeah. <laughs> we did ask for them. We still have an account at McCroncast. And uh, <laughs> that is the clearinghouse for all your questions about the Giants or anything, whatever you want. Movies, my reviews of uh, Get Out and Logan, which I saw this past weekend. Both excellent. You should see them both unequivoc- unequivocally great. I recommend them. Um, but whatever you want. <laughs> Uh, so our first question today comes uh, from Nathan James at Side Out Par. That's a that's an old favorite there from last season. Welcome back. How many awful cane starts should we expect before Block gets the job? So we sort of touched on that, but this asks, I think, asks for a number. Well, I mean, I, I think it's assuming that Kane makes the roster, which isn't a terrible assumption, and then immediately pitches terribly, which is also not a terrible assumption. Um, I'm going to say four. Though I've been wrong on this before. I was wrong on this last year. <laughs> Just repeatedly wrong on this with both Kane and Peavy. I think that uh, that the clock has already started and that these spring training starts are counting towards that. And so I would say it's also f- four or five. He'll probably get one extra one or maybe even two in like a split squad game against like the University of Michigan or something. And, uh, and get shelled, and uh, and then you know something like that will help set settle the score. No, he'll, I, he'll give up like three runs in five innings against the University of Michigan. We'll get the coach <laughs> like, well, you know, he was locating well today. <laughs> He's like Mariucci was on all of his fastballs. It's like we didn't say it was the University of Michigan baseball team, uh, <laughs> just all boosters. Uh, but he, I think he makes the roster, but not as a starter. Um, okay. That's so. I think that these spring training starts are counting toward that. Uh, next question. Next question is from uh, Joshua Holdridge at Josh Hold one First, a black president, now an orange one. Is this a sign the Giants never lose another World Series? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
That's a that's a very good question, Joshua. We appreciate that question. That's really great. <laughs> that them are the Orioles. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's funny because uh, leaving Zach Britton in the bullpen is sort of like leaving your campaign out of the Rust Belt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's something to that. Uh, I guess a quick note about politics, real quick, is we can't promise that we're not going to talk about it, folks. Uh, I definitely broached the subject with Doug, but essentially, you know, the world is the world and occasionally there's going to be political spillover into your sports and uh, stick to sports is okay on in an abstract level. But but Major League Baseball in particular has been a very political sport for most of its history. And so it, it just feels like willful ignorance to sit there and and be like they shouldn't be like that. And, you know, if. If the president or, you know, we have like 15% of a federal government now, like it's just unstaffed, you know, stuff's <laughs> going to happen and we're going to want, we're going to have to talk about it. And, and who knows what, how it's going to intersect. I mean, are we going to get on players for their politics? I think we've made jokes about it in the past, but it's, it's just simply a matter of these locker rooms are mixed and basically there's no easy answers. And as much as I'd like to guarantee that you're not going to hear something uncomfortable out there. I can't promise it. And we're going to basically try to stick to the site rules and try to stay away from having political discussions, of course. Uh, but as they relate to baseball and specifically the Giants, that's going to be unavoidable. So if any of those situations or we're not going to shy away from them. So if it's unavoidable in that context, that's what you're in store for. But otherwise, you know, I think it's pretty clear that. uh a, a person, a human punchline for the majority of my life is now the president of the United States. So for me personally, it is extraordinary, extraordinarily difficult to intellectually and emotionally make the leap of this human clown is now running the country that I live in. So that has been the difficult. That's been the separation for me. So there's my um, statement. I will, I will say this. If we... Uh... If we end up having, we don't control what ads go on the on the Croncast. <laughs> this is fair. If we end up having ads for someone that then who we consider to be a clown, then we will spend equal time calling them a clown on the next Croncast. <laughs> equal that time. Is, it's a that's... federal rule that I'm misinterpreting for my own de devices. And and won't and won't be around much longer anyway. So. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there we go. Uh, yeah, why not? That's why I'm saying it. Why not be optimistic about the Giants this year? Uh, <laughs> it got an orange president now. I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. <laughs> uh, okay. This one comes from at not really Calvin. He or she asks, when is the show back? Dying for some Giants talk. It's back right now, my man or my lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, hi. By the way, yeah, <laughs> and then then we have one from Lizzie Shower, and I hope I said that right. I'm assuming Lizzie, Lizzie Liz Shower. Is it Lizzie? Okay, it could be Lizzie or or Lizzie. Yeah, it could be Lizzie. We apologize in any case. We apologize. I'm just gonna apologize no matter what. But she I'm has sure. a cool Twitter handle though. She does at Cave Device, uh, who asked, "How come the how come the Cubby Croncast Abby looks like a cat on the timeline, but it's actually a dog?" Why are you deceiving me like this? Well, we're liars. <laughs> and also, I think you might have animal face dysmorphia. Yeah. Because that's... 
Yeah. Because it's clearly a little pupper right there. Uh, <laughs> not really. Calvin also had a, had another question from today. Uh, Trevor Brown playing infill positions. Is that for real? It's actually for real. It's happening. We've had reports and we've seen it. Uh, it's happening. It's a it's, thing that's happening right now. It, yes. In it's that very funny. Too. It's very funny. I mean, the fact that Bruce Bochy wants a roster, it's like that joke in uh, Walk Hard. Uh, 5,000 didgeridoos. There needs to be more didgeridoos. 50,000 didgeridoos, except catchers. That's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work out. Trevor Brown never really struck me as being a dyna- uh, dynamic hitter, but um, I'm not a major league manager, and so I am prone to being wrong about major league baseball players. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that it's not. It, it would be. Ne- it's nice for the Giants to have, you know, if he's on the roster. But they have so many backup infielders already trying to get on the roster. Uh, they have. You know, the, the backup catcher position is pretty much set, Nick Hunley. So I don't see how it helps him get back on the roster anytime soon. All right, so we're going to uh, do some season previews in the coming uh, – at some point, we're gonna, in the coming week, we're going to probably – we're going to bang them all out in one week. Uh, so if you have questions that you'd like us to ask uh, people from other teams, uh, what they think, questions about, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, whatever it is, or think that we should ask of other people who are coming on to talk about the NLS teams, hit us up. You can always ask us uh, at Macroncast or find me on Twitter at every six day. And Doug, you're also on Twitter still, right? Or did they ban you? I am still on Twitter because the very low standards on Twitter at Moonwalk McFly. Uh, and as always, McCoveyChronicles.com, you got to check it out. There's, there's just, it's just so much content there now. Um, and one more thing, because we're about to sign off, uh, I'd like to really say congratulations, a hearty congratulations to the new assistant general manager of the Sonoma Stompers, uh, Jen Ma- uh, Mac Ramos, who Jen Mac Ramos, who I would say is our own Jen Mac Ramos. <laughs> she has co-hosted the show. She has been a writer on the site, uh, and she has been a baseball authority. Uh, and so she is now an assistant GM of a baseball team and congratulations to her. And so go see the Sonoma Stompers um, and buy that book, buy the uh, <laughs> BP guys. Uh, the only rule is it has to work. Uh, and, and here's the next, here's the next chapter in that story. Uh, and maybe KDL, she's on her way. She's going to be a, a, a GM somewhere at some point. She's certainly got the knowledge. Thank you, KDL, for being on the show as well. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Thank you.